Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. We are back. Welcome to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. Of course, we are joined by the one, the only, Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? Gentlemen, good evening here. I got some new Dallas swag for uh, Hard Knocks tonight and for the season. Uh, happy about some preseason DFS winnings, but not happy about these COVID issues that are affecting some of my players. So I guess a lot going on, man. There is a lot going on, and we have a lot we want to talk about today. A lot of news that, that popped up today that is extremely relevant and is going to impact the dynasty landscape from league to league. We're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's up? Like the news that hit today, like you don't want to hear it, but thankfully it actually works out to how we had these episodes laid out. You know, last week we're talking about how to rebuild this week. We're going to start talking about how to contend. And now all of a sudden we have the ETN news and you have James Robinson on the other side. So it's kind of going to bridge the gap for us there. Last week, if you did not catch the episode, we talked about some rebuilding uh, strategies, a very high-level look, because we did have a strategy session about a month ago, so we didn't want to spend too much time on that. But then we talked about targets that we were looking for, and one of the strategies was, hey, we're looking to target players that get injured if you're rebuilding. Well, on the other side of it, like Mitch mentioned, you have a player like James Robinson. What do you do with him? And tonight, we're going to look at it from the contender side. But before we get there... We do want to spend a little bit of time talking about the Jaguars and the Saints, the takeaways from last night. And this really went from zero to 60 really fast today. We're in the Discord. We're talking and we're saying, well, here's the timeline. It could be anywhere from three days to the whole season. And okay, well, if this happens, if this and like in the middle of it, out of nowhere, boom, he's out for the season. And I'm like, well, we just wasted like the last whatever amount of minutes talking about what ifs. So Travis Etienne, he has a list Frank injury out for the season. Uh, he hit the IR. So if you're not on the 53 man roster, when the season hits, you can't return at all. So there's no chance, even if he was able to come back that he's going to be able to play in 2021, Dan, whether it's Travis Etienne, you know, you know let's take a step back overall. What is, we had a prime time game last night. All eyes were on this this game because we want to see Trevor Lawrence. We want to see that Jameis Winston Taysom Hill battle. What did you see last night? I definitely seen Jameis Winston secure his job. I mean, I, I think we all saw that today through the through Twitter postings. But going into that game, all preseason, we've been back and forth, Hill Winston. And for them to start him with all the starters, he just capitalized on it, and he looked he looked good. I mean, they're going deep, and he still doesn't have all his weapons around him. I saw Marcus Callaway make some super impressive catches, probably against the sisters of the poor secondary in Jacksonville there. So I'm not like over like crazy on it, but Callaway's a guy we were looking at. You know, he says, "Hey, Michael Thomas is out for a while. He's Winston's got to throw to somebody or Hill." At the time we were having these conversations, Deontay Harris is facing a two game suspension. Traquan Smith can't stay healthy. Marquise Callaway is another guy to capitalize. Him and Winston really just took advantage of last night. Tony Jones is standing out to us there in the, in the you know, the, the backup running back. I see you smiling there, JB, and happy about that. So New Orleans, I think I left feeling a lot better about than I did going into that game because the one thing I do know for sure about the Saints is their O-line is dominant. It's the best in the National Football League. So at the very least, Winston's going to have time back there and shouldn't be making any hasty decisions. And then on the other side, guys, man, I'm a little bit concerned about those Jaguars. So before, uh, Mitch, we'll, we'll turn the Jags over to you here in a second. But I, I was smiling, and if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching through the Patreon live tonight, I was smiling because Dan mentioned Tony Jones. And I, there is that burst to him. There, there's that 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 ability to, to make plays and make people miss and find the holes. And Devontae Freeman and... Mitch, you and I, we like Latavius Murray, mm -hmm. but they haven't looked strong. I, they, some might say washed. I think Devontae Freeman, we were already there a little bit uh, last year with him. But Tony Jones, I talked about it last week on Dynasty Theory. As a rebuilding team, 
I said, Tony Jones intrigues me. And I threw some waiver wires, uh, waiver wire uh, bids out and something came up. So when I'm going through it, I completely forgot to go back. Luckily, he is still on the wire in many leagues. Mm-hmm. So, I get, so I'm dropping 700 bucks on him. I, I, I did. Listen, I am I'm team. Get your guy. So yeah, we call it, that the Bauer around here. Whenever right. someone spends all the fab, <laughs> it's the Bauer. Right. And it's no different at home. My wife checks the bank account. I said, don't worry. I, I spent all the fab. Don't worry. But we got our guy. We got our guy. So Tony Jones, Marquez Callaway, I'm shipping him off for a second. That's that's my takeaway. I think we saw, and Mitch, you brought it up in the Discord, we saw the perfect storm for him. Primetime game, nobody else around, uh, two huge touchdown catches. So this is your window to move him because overall, this is a profile I don't think sustains long-term success. Anyway, that's my spiel. And then hopefully Jameis Winston can not only lock down the starting job, but keep it. All right, Mitch, Jacksonville. I won't say Jaguars because you always make a face when I say Jaguars. (laughs) Jaguars. But, yeah, but but I was just going to say, I'm not worried about the Jaguars at all. I don't know how much actual stuff you could take away. We'll talk about the ETN stuff later, but how much you could take away from how the offense looks because they're running the most vanilla. I mean, Dan Olofsky went off about it last night. It's just a vanilla concept they're running in the preseason. Like, I think we all knew Urban Meyer was going to be one of those coaches that's like, no, we don't show anything in the preseason. We're going right. to wait till they see it week one. It's like, cool, so everyone will see it when you play Houston instead. Like, as stupid as I think it is, actually do think that's the way they're going about it. So as far as the Jaguars itself, I'm not making any changes, but I did want to mention a Callaway. I really think right now he's entered into the, if you're going to trade for him, you just want to mention a draft pick a second. Like that's what everyone is going to be willing. I think to trade him for, we've seen him move for first, but I think that's pretty hard to do. And anyone who has him isn't going to accept a third, right? So he goes right, right in that territory for me. I'm not moving a second for him because I think the game that he had yesterday or on Monday night, whenever you're listening to this, could have been his best game of the year. I mean, the two catches he made, they're highlights on anybody, any wide receiver in the NFL. That's their highlight catch for the year. He had two of them you know, last night. So I'm just being really trepid on picking him up anywhere. Um, he's not on any waiver, so that's not even an option this way. I found him on two. Oh, did I, you? Very nice. So I, I had to split up. I'm doing like four hundo on Tony, four hundo on Mr. Callaway, <laughs> and I'll save two hundred for the rest of the season so I don't get anybody else. But that's a lucky waiver wire there. And, and to Mitch's point, I mean, he made circus like catches that you don't always come down with, you know, which gives a big stat line. I was looking at attacking that Jaguars defense. You know, I had a, a Saints stack in the preseason last night. And I'm thinking, boy, this is going to be a defense we're attacking during the regular season. Uh, so yeah, it was the perfect storm for Winston and Callaway last night. And they took advantage of it. So yeah, I, I give them credit. But definitely yeah, concerned about the Jaguars defense, which, hey, maybe means more Jaguars offensive production in the regular season. A lot of those garbage time points that they'll be putting up. And again, you just got to hope Trevor Lawrence stays healthy. They have to get some running game going, though, to take some pressure off them. Well, speaking about the running game, perfect, perfect well segue, done, Dan. Perfect segue. So Travis Etan, like we said, out for the season. Mitch, I know we talked about rebuilding last week, and this kind of fits the bill. But Travis Etienne, what are you doing? We've had all day to react. So we have been in the chat. We have been making moves left and right, gauging value, seeing who's up, who's down, who's interested, who's not. What are you doing with Travis Etienne? How are you approaching this situation from an overall dynasty value perspective. Yeah, so I don't have a ton of shares of him because he was really going in the range that Zach Wilson was going. So I always yep. ended up taking Zach Wilson instead. But I do have a couple teams with him and the teams that I'm considering content- that I would be contending in those teams. But he is, I got him for a rookie pick. And so I didn't really consider it like I had to have him to compete. I think if you're in that situation, you probably weren't competing anyway, so you really shouldn't trade him for any sort of discount because this isn't an injury we have to worry about next year. I mean, he's supposed to be healthy in like 12 weeks, but um, they're not sure if they're going to bring him back for the season at all. But I mean, he's going to be healthy. Well, they, they can't since he's on IR. Right. They, they can't. Yeah. yeah. And so as far as trading him, I don't want to trade him for a loss. Like I haven't moved him at all today. I've actually been trying to go out and acquire him on all my rebuilding teams because if I could trade a first for him, I really like that, but 
a lot of people, they're still super hesitant. I think right now is a super hard time to get them because I think a lot of people are in that circumstance to where they were the 106 to the 108 in Dynasty last year. So their teams are average. So they don't have to compete this year. They could probably rebuild for next year. So I think he's actually going to be pretty hard to go out and to acquire. And I think you mentioned like moving a first. Mm-hmm. That's a move that it doesn't really make sense because if yes. you're moving a first, He's sitting on your bench or IR or whatever you have in your league. And it's kind of like one of those situations that I think if you're contending, it's like that David Montgomery, Chris Carson. I mean, it's funny because now James Robinson creeps in that conversation. Do you trade Travis Etienne for James Robinson if you're contending and you need that running back? Uh, I, I mentioned Chris Carson and then uh, – we look at Michael Carter, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin. I don't think any of those guys get it done. And like you said, Mitch, I don't have much ETN because for me personally, I had Javante Williams ahead of him pre-draft and post-draft. And ETN was going before hit Javante every time. Mm-hmm. So I landed with Javante. Now, if you are rebuilding and you have like a Derrick Henry, okay, I would move Henry for ETN in a first. And that's something that came up in the chat. And I think that's, that's realistic. Dan, you're kind of mulling it over, over there. What what do you think? I I was a little nervous at first, but then when you finished the, the, the completion of the trade there, I I felt better. Oh, with with the first, come on. It it would have have to agree with that. If you could get yourself a stud and then ETN's kind of like a bonus, like, okay, Hey, I'll take the calculated risk, but he's not the guy I'm banking the trade on. I feel really good about that. I think first, I'm glad I dodged another bullet. And similar to you guys, I didn't have any shares. Um, wasn't, you know, I think all three of us went mostly in a different direction in the draft. I was more Devontae Smith, Waddle, back end, and, right. and a lot of my rookie drafts. Um, I believe is a fine accusation, acquisition for next year. But I think he is the ultimate John Bauer price dependent tagline guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. Um, if it's a sell at fair value only, I'm not giving him away. I wasn't really acquiring him when he was healthy and I wasn't really feeling warm and fuzzy about the Jaguar situation there. So, you know, price dependent, perfect John Bauer guy. Terrace Marshall. Do you move ETN for Terrace Marshall straight up today? That's, I think that's kind of the range. Have to be competing. I mean, I would have to think that Marshall is going to somehow, I don't know, help me get in the playoffs. I mean, I can never see Marshall doing it. Right. Right. That's the problem. I think that's the proper value, but as far as making the trade, I just, I probably couldn't end up doing it. If I had ET on a, on a roster that was contending, Marshall still is not a player that I can move him for. Uh, looking at wide receivers, it even gets tricky. Like Robert Woods, Cooper cup, Kenny Galladay, uh, Cortland Sutton, Juju T Higgins. I think a lot of people would still prefer, I actually would take most of the wide receivers. Most would of you, them that you named, I actually would. Would you? Yeah. Okay. I think they're enough of a difference over what I would have on my bench. Because, I mean, they would be moving into the flex over ETN. So, you know, I'm probably counting on getting 13, 14 PPR points a week. Okay. That's fair. But I, I think that Terrace Marshall range or Elijah yeah. Moore even, yes. the player that we like, value-wise, it's there. But are they really doing anything? You would have to believe that their value, they are productive enough in 2021 that their value rises throughout the yes. year. Whereas ETN, th- this doesn't sound as gloomy as Achilles, at least from what we're reading and understanding. And I, I'd be the one to say I would do it for Elijah Moore because I believe he could be their number one receiver. I would need something extra with the Terrence Marshall because – that situation's cloudier with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson now getting a two-year extension. Okay. So Travis Etienne, that's where we are. If you're listening to this and you have a specific trade that you want to bounce off of us, DM us. Better yet, join the Discord. It's free. And we have fantastic conversations. Like, I was working up a sweat this morning. Yes, you go. Were. Like, we had some debates in there. And, and I, I was in the heart of it. And afterwards, I'm like, all right, we're all good. Kumbaya, we're all good here. But it was some fantastic conversations, and that's what we do 24-7, constantly. And I, I think the guys and, and gals in the chat get a little irritated when we do a live show because, you know, they, they want to yell at us. They, they need us in there to yell at us. So, 
Dan. JB, JB, if I could just segue in there, I see uh, Owen's comment in the chat. If I put it up here, he says, is it a surefire injury that running backs return well from? And I, I think I saw that question asked a lot in chats today and uh, no medical doctor, but I do value our Stefania Bell's opinion over there at ESPN. And I think she gave a good uh, analysis and, and that's where I would direct Owen to check out. She did think it was something that he could recover for a fine if he plays his cards right. And we'd be confident he'd be back next year. No problem. And there was a list I saw somebody, and I wish I could give credit where credit was due, but it was a good thread of running backs that sustained the list Frank injury, where they were the year prior, where they were uh, post-injury one year, and then two years post-injury. And overall, like I said, it wasn't a death sentence by any mean, but uh, I I don't know. I, I would be not concerned. That's not the word, but... The thing about him is typically when you have an injury that you lose your whole season as a rookie, you kind of have that insulated value, Mm -hmm. but there are ways that his value could decrease here. And I think it goes one of two ways. One, that Jaguars offense is just so horrid that people are like, oh no, I got to stay away from it moving forward, especially Urban Meyer, uh, Darren Bevel, Darren Bevel, they're both back next year. Or if James Robinson just lights it up again, I think so. Those are two possible scenarios. I think where where we could see a loss in value there for Travis Etienne, Mitch. I don't know. I don't know what. So do we? Are you wanting to get into the James Robinson portion of this now? Yeah, let's jump into it. Okay, so to hit off that, I don't think he's going to be valued. I don't really even care if he ends up being a top ten running back again. I don't think people are going to value him because it's Chris Carson. It's it's always yeah, Chris Carson. It's it's the take lock. It's no, he doesn't have draft value. And so the community isn't going to value him. And that's, I think, always going to be how it is, no matter what for him. It's always going to be, they're going to replace him next year. And it's going to yep. be, they're going to, oh, ETN's coming back. So he's not going to play again. And so when I'm looking at James Robinson, I've actually seen many, including you, John, trade him for a first this week Yep, or today. today. And I think it is such a smart move to make. I actually, I wanted to compare and get your guys' thoughts on this. So right now, as far as contending running backs that I think are easy to get because teams weren't counting on them in the first place, you have Daryl Henderson, you have James Robinson, you have Mike Davis. For some reason, Mike Davis is valued well below those guys. Yep. In my opinion, they all have the same chance of putting up the same PPR points next year. They're all the same. Like I could see them at best. They're in a committee more than likely the better running back is going to come in. Maybe not the better in Jacksonville, but a running back is going to come in and heavily reduce their role. So in my opinion, while everybody is stuck on getting James Robinson this week, I'm okay going to get Mike Davis. He's such a lower price point to get i think he's in a better offense or at least an offense i could trust a little bit more than what's happening in jacksonville and then i think daryl henderson kind of those trades have already happened if people have him they're kind of stuck with him but if you're asking me between the two which one i would rather have going into the season it's going to be mike davis i could just trust that situation a little bit more let's get a little tricky here let's get a little sneaky okay what do you think about this i have james robinson Mm -hmm. i'm a contender he's my running back three Okay. And I have Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara, whatever. I work a trade. Maybe it's via DM. I'm not throwing it out there on MFL yet. I'm not making it official, but I'm working a trade. Hey, Dan, what do you think about James Robinson? You like him. Will you give me your first? You're contending. Yeah, JB, you know, let me think about this. Let me have dinner. It's it's 4.30 in the afternoon. I have dinner early. Um, you, you do, Dan. You always do, though. Especially those pizza nights. You get that pizza delivered early, man. But, I'm compelled by this story. Keep going. All right. So you like I, – I I had to get that in there, though. So you have James Robinson. You like – or I have James Robinson. You like him. You give me a first for him. But I'm still contending. I think I could get Mike Davis for like a second and third somewhere else. So now I lose minimal production, if any, in 2021. I'm still considering myself a contender. I get a first for James Robinson – and I move a second and third. And because I think I'm contending and that's my second, it's a little bit later. At least I hope it is until a couple more injuries hit and then everything goes off the rails there. But now I have Mike Davis, who, again, I don't think gets outscored by James Robinson 
by a significant amount. And based on our updates and the projections, it, they don't see it that way either. So do you got like, I, I think that could work. I love that thought process. And I think that's an important thing our listeners could take from you to hear today, John, is not every trade is one and done. You are move, moving and projecting two trades ahead. And I love, there's some of my favorite trades when you could get a couple guys in a deal and you know there's a good chance I can move one of them to get a different piece. Because I always look at my roster like a puzzle. And, and sometimes you get stuck in those little ruts where you haven't made a trade in a little while. And it's yeah. that one trade that gives you a couple pieces. And then it's like dominoes. Then it's like two, three trades. So love your thinking there. And, and that's very good rationale. And great uh, running backs to bring up, Mitch, you know, and Mike Davis. I think there's a tier there of Zach Moss, Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin, Daryl Henderson, maybe even Chase Edmonds. They're, they're, whoever you like, they're in that cluster where you could get them at a better value. Or even like a Jamal Williams you know, pivot. I had to get the word in there at least once pivot, <laughs> especially with things coming out on DeAndre Swift. One report says it doesn't look like he's in great condition. Another one says, I don't know what they're talking about. He's hitting the holes. He's, he's, he's great out there. He's, he's getting back to form, but Jamal Williams is a player. Naheem Hines in full PPR, even a, uh, you know, Zach Moss, Dan mentioned him. I know there's question marks there, but if we can make a move there and then still get off of James Robinson for that first plus some people, I, I acquired him for Talon Wallace, a first and a second today. Mm -hmm. And I felt incredible about that one because my price point was sitting here at just one first. So, I mean, if you could get someone like, I hate just throwing out names like this, but just keep the conversation going like Chuba Hubbard. If you could get a first and Chuba Hubbard for James Robinson, God forbid anything happened to Christian McCaffrey, all of a sudden you're picking up another first later in the year, or at least a second, you know, just for someone that you spent a fourth on four months ago. And or, is, is your... As you reflect on those examples, if you get a Tylon Wallace or a Chuba Hubbard with a first and a second or a third, whatever it may be, you could keep one of those pieces for yourself. Now you've got mm -hmm. two other pieces to trade elsewhere. It gives you a lot of flexibility. Or even, we, I mean, we're, I mean, it's kind of all going together because we're talking about contending as well. If Devin Singletary, he's looked good. If you can get him in some type of deal, if you could do Kylan Hill in a first. For James Robinson, I'm not saying Kylan Hill is going to match his production or even come close, but it sounds like he might have a grip on that third down role there in uh, in Green Bay. So maybe that's an option. Philip Lindsay, Raheem Moster. There's a lot of names that we can throw there. But it, take one thing away from this, especially Mitch and myself, James Robinson galore on our rosters, especially <laughs> coming into today. We have another opportunity mm -hmm. to cash out. We have been given a second chance. If you acquired him early or in the off season and going into 2020 or really early in the season in 2020, you probably got a decent price and you were able to ride that out. If you acquired him later in the season or pre NFL draft in 2021, you probably overpaid, but we have a second chance. Get the hell out from under James Robinson. I, th that is the takeaway here. I can't say it anymore. I, this mic, it's a pretty solid mic. I don't know if I could be any more crystal clear. That, that's it. We could probably write a little like mini chapter on J the James Robinson uh, 2021 offseason here. You know, I had some, I traded for some shares, couldn't wait to get rid of them. Now I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm watching my trade value of those past trades go up and down. It's, it's pretty wild. And to touch on your pivot point there too, JB, a lot of these running back scenarios that we have a good gut feeling on aren't going to pan out. And there are many pivot opportunities, you know, Moss Singletary, Fournette Rojo, Jacobs Drake, the whole New York Jets situation, Melvin Gordon, maybe like just who knows what's going to happen this season where you get one of those guys in a trade with a draft pick and a prospect. Uh, there's some potential. And we talked about some wide receivers. So Mitch, let me run through this here. Would you trade now? Let's say in this situation, you're not contending. Okay. Right. So, situation A, not contending. Do you trade James Robinson for Elijah Moore? Yeah. Terrace Marshall. I think I could get more. So, I'd probably Ro say no. Robert Woods. Yes. No, Cooper I'm not contending. No, sorry. No, no. Cooper Cup. No. Kenny Galladay. No. Chase Claypool. Yes, in a heartbeat. <laughs> like smash the phone, I would do that. And actually with Cup, if I think the league is active, I would be willing to do it. It's just 
if I think I'm going to trade for Cup and I might have a hard time moving him afterwards, that would be the issue that I follow. Good point. I could see that. I could see that. And then uh, one example, 16-team league, I moved James Robinson and MVS out there in Green Bay, Marcus Vela-Scantling, for Deontay Johnson and my man, who looked really good in the preseason week two, Wayne Gallman. So I, I think that's a situation I'm contending, and James Robinson was my running back. 3B, I would say. It's a move I'm still willing to make to get out from under him. I was going to mention, and there's, now that we're talking about how league dynamics work, so there is a league to where, like, my team was average. I mean, it was just 14-teamer to where I would, I'm right now I'm stuck. I have Daryl Henderson, and I have James Robinson on that roster. I have received offers from one different manager, and that's it for for Daryl Henderson and I see from one today from the same manager for James Robinson, there is just nobody willing to trade for them. So then it turns into what am I going to do? I I can't take anymore because they're going to be good enough to, they're going to make it. So I'm not going to be a bottom four pick. And so now all of a sudden I'm like going to be the one Oh six, one Oh seven, barely outside of playoff range. And so it turns into, well, should I make the playoffs and try to compete? But that's the trick in the 14 teamers. If you make the wrong guess, all of a sudden you set yourself back even further than previous. Can, can you package one with like a wide receiver? Can you package one with a no quarterback? No one is trading in the league. Like the league is dead. It's a higher buy-in one. And anyone who is looking to get into higher buy-in leagues, I'm going to tell you right now, the activity is zero. You might find one that is active, all the rest are dead. I mean, completely dead because everybody is so afraid to make a trade that it completely kills activity. So I actually hate those buy-ins now. But to go back to the original point, yeah, it's a higher buy-in. And so there's just no activity. I can't trade them. I think patience is going to be the key for you, Mitch. And when someone goes down during the season, hopefully those guys' stock is where you need it. You just That's have to pounce faster than the next guy. Good That's point. it. Now, here's my concern. And this was talked about in the Discord earlier today. James Robinson, there are a few different ways this can go. So obviously with Travis Etienne being out for 2021, James Robinson gets that spike. You weren't getting a first or certainly not a first plus this time yesterday, you know? So looking at James Robinson, it can either go, he has a productive year. So if you're contending, if he's your running back three, running back four, and you get stuck with him, he could certainly help you win in 2021 or that team just it's not clicking and i don't know how but let's say that line is even worse than last year even though a lot of the same pieces same system really uh from the same uh uh, offensive line coach i believe he's still there so you're getting those same concepts from the the line and he struggles you're not getting a first then so that's the worry that i have you can cash out for the first today in a lot of situations. Obviously, mm-hmm. Mitch in that league, that's not happening. Or you can hang on to him. He could help you possibly contend and compete and win a championship. Or you're hoping for that value to go up higher. I don't think it's going to go higher. I just, like you said, Mitch, let's say he's running back 12. How much more are you going to get over a first? And is it worth hanging on to him at this point? Look, I was just going to bring up real quick before you jump in, Dan, is David Montgomery. He was running back 11 or 12 last year, right? And he has draft capital, and no one likes him still. It might have been even higher, actually. Yeah, I mean, no one still likes him. And so it's there's just these running backs to where they're okay being on your roster, but you have to understand that the value can fall out at any minute on them. And then you're kind of just stuck with them. And doesn't mean they won't produce. It doesn't mean they won't put fantasy points weekly on your team. It just means that no one else is going to want them and your roster has less value because of it. How low would you... So let's say it's week five and James Robinson, he's doing okay. He's a low-end running back to that team in that 14-team league. You're one and four. Yep. Do you Take a take, second. Take the worst, well, the yeah. best, the highest second-round pick that you can. However you want to word it, the... The lowest, the best, whatever is going to give you the best draft equity, take that. But then it comes down to, let's say it ends up being a later second. 
is it worth having James Robinson as a potential flex play beyond 2021? And I think that's where I am. Like I, out of spite alone, I think I would just hold him. I, you know, if you're not paying my price and for the most part, I would say I've had success in the leagues. I have James Robinson, but if you need willing league mates to make a trade, and if that's not going to happen, you can't make them hit accept. You can't make them check their email. You can't make them download the app. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. I don't have a smartphone. You know, what, he, where he is the ultimate John Bauer price dependent player. Yeah, everything you just said, John. He like he fits the definition in the book, pal. Yeah. So James Robinson, Travis Etienne, a lot going on there, and that, as well as James Robinson does. Not only is he not going to have that dynasty value strictly because of his dr- lack of draft capital. But you have to remember, a first-round running back is coming back next year. Travis Etienne's not going anywhere. The only hope we really have as James Robinson managers is if after year three, and as an undrafted free agent, he can go elsewhere after year three. Is he an exclusive rights or restricted? Or are you just, I think, is it unrestricted? I think he's actually restricted because, you no, he was a UDFA. So I think, hold on, I'll look it up. Keep talking. So, there's only one more year left on that contract after 2021. So maybe you ride it out, see if he bounces somewhere else, or, you know, he can still be a one B to Travis Etienne's one a, there's a lot of different things, but my price point is still the first. I'm not moving him for a second. Even if I'm in that league, that's very difficult to move him. Like Mitch talked about. He'll be restricted. He will be restricted. We don't like that. I I don't like that at all. Um, But yeah, it's always worrisome in the writings on the wall when you bring in a first-round running back with a new coaching staff and you're an undrafted free agent. It doesn't really bode well. So You have to get it first. I think your best bet is you're a contender and that team has got to be pass-happy because they're going to be behind all season and he could catch the ball. ETN's not there. He could get you some solid fantasy production this year. And then you just got to be mindful. Next year, this is a team in a rebuild. They should hopefully get a little bit better. Hopefully the old line continues to get a little bit better, but then it goes back to ETN being the guy and you've got yourself, like you guys said, a solid flex play. Yeah. So again, if, Oh man, I'm getting so riled up. I just elbowed my wall over here. So if there were any specific trade questions, Hey, I got this offer. Not really sure about it. Just want to buy us DMS, reach out to us again. Link is in the description of the episode on whatever platform you typically listen to dynasty theory. And then it's also underneath the, the video here on YouTube. So to wrap up the show tonight, and it's a, it's a quick one tonight. We're, we're rolling through. I like this. I feel like we covered a lot, but some trade targets that we, and I'm jumping around. I, I have yeah, even, listen, skipping we didn't over. even get I'm into like, the contending listen, part, I, man. We're, we're 30 minutes on James Robinson here, JB. No, no, no. no. The contending part is going to be relatively quick. You know, sure. a quick hitter here. But I, I this is the first time looking at the show notes, actually. I'll build yeah. it up for you. There Thank you. you. Wrote. I, I wrote them, but I, the, the conversation, it's just been flowing. I, we didn't even need it. All right. You're contending. Mitch, ideal timing. We talked about timing with mm-hmm. a rebuild. Ideal timing throughout the offseason, throughout the beginning of the regular season. When are you looking to acquire pieces to help you make that push? Because just like uh, rebuilds, there is a time that is going to benefit you to try to make that push. With Without a doubt. Right now, we just saw an injury happen, right? So you don't want to go and look at, for those one-and-done players, in my view, right? If you're going to trade a lot for them. I'm saying if you want to go right now and you're like, I'm contending, I want to make sure that I'm not just contending, I'm looked at as going to be the champion in this league, and how am I going to do that? The way I'm going to do that right now is I'm going to attack quarterbacks. I want to upgrade my quarterbacks if possible. So let's just say I have Sam Darnold. What do I need to do to turn him into a Matthew Stafford? Because we all know it's really hard to turn him into the top seven or eight guys right now. They're hardly, they're really extremely hard to move without giving one of those guys back. It's too expensive. Yeah. And so you're looking at him or a Tannehill. So that's the kind of move I'm trying to make. Or if not, like today in a tight end premium league, 12 team, I moved Tyler Higby and Adam Thielen and I got Mark Andrews. And so it's just making sure in the quarterback and the tight end, I'm having a positional advantage over anybody else that I play. I could figure out wide receivers on every team, any week during the season, there will always be one I could trade for. So I'm not worried about that at all right now, but I'm, 
I mean, running backs, running backs are super hard because right now we have James Robinson, right? A week from now, we're going to have someone else. A week from then, we'll have someone else to trade for. But a lot of the higher tiered ones, if you have Nick Chubb on your team, unless someone's been totally out of it, we're only two weeks away from the season. So if someone has Nick Chubb, more than likely, they're going to be pretty happy with Nick Chubb right now. What if, what what if, and this is, I, hopefully it didn't happen to anybody, but you're rolling Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne. You're like, oh, I'm golden, baby. <laughs> and now they're like, well, I don't yes. want to move Akers at a discount. I don't want to move Etienne at a discount. Maybe I look to 2022. Maybe that's the time you look at Chubb, Elliott, Kamara. Maybe yes. maybe injuries really got to them. And I, I've seen some tweets. People were showing rosters, and it's like, you feel bad for some people mm-hmm. and we've yeah. all been there. We have all been there. I've had leagues. I'm like, I can't even put together a starting lineup and it's like week three. Well, let's look ahead to next year. I think we saw that tonight in our discord league that we're drafting right now. I believe our boy Roy had ETN and acres, everything kind of imploding on him. And then he pulled the big Derek Henry trade to get multiple pieces to get him out of this, this rut. Cause he, he, he definitely got hit hard with it, with those two injuries. So to your point. So I would say, even though it is a higher price asset, that Camara, that Chubb, that Zeke, Henry, the Eckler, Mixon, Aaron Jones. I know we talked about Aaron Jones. That one really is price dependent. But the other guys, I, I think you could find a discount depending on the makeup of that person's team and what they might be looking to get back. So something to keep an eye on. But we also talked about the Mike Davis, the Daryl Henderson, yes. the Zach Moss with a lot of question marks. So you're not banking on him to necessarily go out there and win you a title. But he, something, he could surprise you. Chris Karskin. Karskin. I'm combining. Karskin. Well, because I was reading Miles Gaskin next. So Chris Miles Karskin. We'll, we'll the mind, the mind is going faster than his mouth right, right now. But there. that's why I was bringing up Mike Davis before. is because you don't have to trade that first. I mean, if you're trading yep. that first right now, you are saying, I am contending. And if not, you're going to have to trade for someone else's first in the future, right? And so that's why I kind of like going for the Mike Davis running backs if you're going to go for him right now. You're moving a second. A second isn't going to make or break your team in value next year if you end up not being well because you can always trade for another one. Or even right now, after what we've seen from Javante Williams, uh, Dan, you brought up Melvin Gordon. He's not going to be too expensive. And he could still give you certainly some running back to production throughout the course of the season. And it better not happen. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not even going to say it. Never mind. I'm not even going to say it because I have too much Javante Williams on my teams to even bring that out in the atmosphere and the environment here. So. I think to, to Mitch's point, giving up something small to get a solid guy that's not you're not going to regret a year from now. And that's the important thing, not to have regrets one year from now. I mean, I remember getting Boward trading Alvin Kamara with, you know, at the time of thinking, ah, oh, he's banged up and Chris Carson's hot and Mark Ingram's on this Ravens offense that's so explosive. And, oh, my God, I just want to puke in my mouth thinking about that trade. But it was a great lesson for me, and I've taken a different approach. And I think for leagues that – have a trade deadline, which is most of them. Okay. We've got a couple of leagues that don't have a trade deadline, which is kind of cool. Cause then, you know, Hey, you know, you're in the championship game. All right. You know, I know I'm in for the money. I might throw more chips on the table, but otherwise I think it's slow and steady all the way. And when we ended last year's season and we were allowed to trade again, again, some leagues that was right away. Some leagues we had to wait a little while. I've been chipping away all off season on my rosters with the mindset of a contender. And it's looking at weaknesses. You know, one week I'm looking at my quarterbacks. Another week, the running backs go position by position. All right, I've, I've worked on all the positions. Now I'm targeting players. I'm starting to develop some more players that I want I want to go after. And I, you chip away at making your team better without mortgaging the following year. I think that's really important to be patient. From the last day of the season to the playoff run when it comes. And then so lo- looking at the quarterbacks, Mitch, you talked about some of them. But even as a – like, let's say you have three quarterbacks and we know injuries hit, bye weeks hit. I, I think you could get Tyrod Taylor thrown in to some deals. And he – Dan, Dan and I did it. I, I wasn't contending, and this was a few weeks back, and Samaje P. Ryan was almost the holdup, but we got it done. And I moved Tyrod Taylor in a deal where it gives Dan a little bit of the depth is he going to be a starter for the whole season? We don't know if Mills is going to take over, what's happening with Watson, but there probably is no long-term value with Tyrod Taylor. So I think he's somebody who's a dirt-cheap option. Wide receivers, Mitch, you said you're not really about worried about, about 
wide receivers. I am so excited. My brain is moving so much faster than my mouth right now. And I'm looking at my tiers here available on the Patreon, of course. But I'm looking at these wide receivers, Sterling Shepard, Antonio Brown, Marvin Jones, even Mike Williams. These are guys that are not that expensive. People were forgetting about Devontae Parker because of what's going on in Miami and the injuries. And Jalen Waddle there is two are going to open things up in that offense. Um, you know, and I mentioned Sterling Shepard, Dan's boy, Kadarius Tony. There's question marks there. He's had some things going on in his personal life. I think I read somewhere, was it his grandmother that passed away? or his grandfather. I, I think there was a death in the family that he was dealing with. Um, so there's all these things adding up for him. So Sterling Shepard, certainly somebody as a contender that could produce and, and add some value. And I think that's the value of being an active trader in a league where that boatload of names that you just gave us, JB. Again, I'm sure our listeners are, are hearing these names and they're like, hey, I like this guy. I don't like that guy. Well, let's just say Mike Williams is one of those guys you like in the preseason. You know, Chargers offense is looking good, free agent year, they, all these things kind of lining up, and he misses a week of camp, and ah, oh, yeah. Mike's going to be hurt again. That's when you pounce. Kadarius Tony, I was super high on him. I'm not as high on him now, but if he's going to be dirt cheap, you know, don't, don't lose complete conviction on guys you had some good rationale behind that you liked before. Get them now. But who's to say the rationale was good? That's my question. That's a conversation. That's the chance for you day. take, man. That's the chance that, you take. That's a conversation for another day. Anything else with contenders here, guys? Talked about the timing. Talked about some of the uh, targets here. And I think just like Dan brought up again, going back to the timing a little bit, make that move now for a player that you have any belief is going to produce. Mm -hmm. And if we rattle through those names, it just, just give you some ideas, get things moving, uh, get the wheels turning a little bit. You might've said no, no, no. And that's okay. And we talk about these trades that we make. It is to give you guys and, and ladies ideas to what you could potentially do in your leagues and, Sometimes you're going to say, oh, my God, that freaking sucked. I'm not doing that. What are these guys talking about? And that's okay. Just ideas. Right. JB, I think to your point of was that is that rationale good, I think that's an important thing to remember. Like you brought up Tyrod Taylor. And, uh, you know, we made a, tra a trade, nothing earth-shattering that, that's mm -hmm. going to break either of us a year from now. We, we, we saw ways to improve our rosters. I took him in a startup, too. Believe me, I am not high on Tyrod Taylor whatsoever. But the rationale now for me is I don't believe Watson's going to come back. Could be wrong. I don't believe that backup rookie quarterback's going to make an impact Mills, or get yeah. in there in, anytime soon. I'm just banking on Houston kind of just being that annoying team that kind of hangs around and, and plays some okay football, loses more games than they win. And Tyrod gives me that you know bi-week option that I got dirt cheap. And again, that's my rationale now. But we're going to – Two and a half weeks, a little less, are going to enter week one. And week by week, we are going to get more information of, you know, the team's game plans, the target distribution, uh, the impact of injuries. Eventually, we'll get to be forecasting out, looking at trade deadlines. You have to be flexible and be, be willing to adjust. And I, I think yep. that's something the three of us have worked really hard to get better at all offseason in, into the regular season. We both have our conviction and our takes, but we're not, we're not stuck to them. We're not married to them. You have to be flexible. Yeah, like I think previously we used to do. Sorry. Oh, almost season I those, have to do right. That's right. He's drinking those pretty drinks again, Mitch. Let, let me see what drinks over there. What do you got? It's just a course, man. It's just a course. Uh, but know you know, product going. sponsor for the future, hopefully. Um, like I used to always put out a tweet on these are my guys for the season, right? These are the guys I'm really high on. The reason why I'm not doing it this year is because I don't want to be locked into certain guys be like, well, no, I said this guy was my guy, so I'm not going to trade him any teams. No, we have to be fluid in Dynasty. If there's a player who comes out week one and like he's just not getting any work, we're going to have to look into, well, why is he not getting work? And if it's just he isn't ready or maybe the coach doesn't feel he's good enough, then all of a sudden we need to go, okay, we need to readjust and move from there. So as much as I like someone like Deontay Johnson, if all of a sudden Claypool ends up being the number one in that offense, Spoiler alert, he won't be. No. If he is, if he is, <laughs> you know, we'll change course on that and we will adjust and we will move. I mean, I think that's the problem is when you have your guys in Dynasty. I mean, this was kind of going to hit my final take is there's some guys that you just can't trade for in Dynasty because some people just end up liking them more and you can't get them on your team. I know nothing that, about that. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no Amari Cooper Amari or CD Lamb or anything, you know, always over there on Cooper. Team, right? Always, it's always, always Cooper. Cooper. But it's when you have those guys, it's so hard to move off of them, right, Dan? I mean, Dan could speak to this to a T. Like, you're stuck on those guys. And I, I just don't want to be in that position this year to where I'm like, you know what? James Robinson is my guy like he was last year. Then all of a sudden it's March. And I'm like, nope, they're not draft. They are not going to draft anybody. And they draft someone, you're like, well, there it goes, 10 teams. Because then it's like, and, and I'm this way too, and Mitch, I know you're like this. I don't think Dan is as messed up in the head as we are. But the stubbornness comes into it a little bit. Oh, no. I planted my flag. I'm sticking with it. And you know what? I'm going to triple down, quadruple down. I'm going to go get 10 more shares. And then it happens sometimes. And that it's just, it's a stupid way to do it. But you True get stubborn. Happens. You're right. Hey, <laughs> hey. I, I am okay with my out. I am okay with my Drew Lock shares, but I'm not gonna let you pick on him anymore. Final thoughts. I have a final thought and I want to lead off. So one, Mitch and Dan, are you going to be joining us on September 9th for that the watch party that Thursday? Yes. Dan, are you I able am. to jump on? I am. Right. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a little scatterbrained. I mean, I'm gonna be loud. You might just be watching me break things in the background, but but I'll be there. But what we're doing, anybody that's not familiar, again, I try not to plug it too many times. I tweet about it like 50 times a day. Everybody has me muted at this point. But the Patreon, what we're doing at least once a quarter, and it really worked out well to kick off the season. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys Thursday, September 9th. We're going to jump on about an hour before the game. It's literally just to shoot the crap. You know, we're, we're going to get to have face-to-face interactions with people that we talk to probably more than our families at times. And it, it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to throw back a few drinks and just uh, have a watch party, essentially. And I think it's going to be a really good time. But my other final thought, I don't, for the most part, I have been very... Hey, don't read into preseason too much. Don't do it. But, and to plug underdog, use code theory, $25 bonus. If it's your first deposit, you know, who's a guy that I've been reaching for the last three I've done. Wayne Gallman. Well, I'm always reaching for him. <laughs> Pat Fryermuth. I, for best ball, I think we could see some of those like two touchdown splash games. So, and Eric Ebron, if he keeps dropping them, it seems like Ben, he gives Pat the nod over there and he's going to him. So I don't talk about best ball too often, but Dan, you're rubbing off on me, man. So Pat Fryer with somebody later, like tight end 30 range, somewhere around there, somebody that I'm looking at. So that's just you what I'm doing. So tight ends is freebies at the end of those underdog drafts, which is nice. And if, if you score the right one and, and hey, even in Dynasty, that little sneak peek we saw in the, the preseason of Friar Muth there getting those touchdowns. And and JB, don't worry, Eric Brown's not going to stop dropping balls. He hasn't figured that out. In his tight <laughs> right. Right. He's right. an athletically gifted dude that will make I some know. plays for the Steelers this year. But like, oh, the drops are frustrating. I know. All right. So after 131 episodes, a really exciting episode. If you didn't listen to last week's show, go back. Talk about some of our rebuilding targets. So 131 episodes in. Dan, what's your final thought for the listeners? Before I even get to my final thought, Mitch, like episode 131 is going to go dying. down in Dynasty Theory history is like the John Bauer, I want whatever he was drinking tonight episode. Because I'm worried about Mrs. Bauer after the show here. It's like she's not going to get any rest <laughs> or relaxation. You are wound, man. Like those I... show notes tonight. For our listeners, like we have show notes, we didn't even go by them tonight. They are out the window. I was yeah, I, you, you can though, tell Jamie. you can tell the episodes that like we're, I'm always excited to jump on with you guys, but the episodes that I'm through the roof, I don't hide it very well. And this is one of those. I was just so excited to talk about the stuff that we wanted to bring up tonight. I can't help it. Definitely feeling the energy. I might go off to the side after do some push-ups and some sit-ups. Like you've got you've got me incredibly fired up, but my final thought for tonight is I think there's one more preseason week that we got to hold our breath a little bit, not for all the teams, but keep following certain teams are using this as their final tune up game. Some teams used it this past week, week two. So I want to get through that game to know we got these guys for the regular season and guys are really starting to get into, you know, better game shape. So feel pretty confident about that. And 16 days away from our Bucks Cowboys, man, just to kick off Thursday night football and our watch party, as you mentioned, JB, it's going to be a blast.
It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Mitch, what do you got? So I mentioned this a few months ago, but I'm going to bring it up again because I think it's the perfect time to. And it's worked out extremely well for me. Not so much for you, John, but for me, it's worked out extremely well. Update your trade bait and specify what you were looking for in the notes. If you're looking for a wide receiver, say wide receiver. If you're looking for a wide receiver two, say wide receiver two. It's helped me in so many leagues to where instead of me having to go out and send offers to everybody, I'm all of a sudden getting offers. I'm like, okay, so that gives me an idea what you want. And I could counter off that. Or sometimes, you know, you just accept and move on. I mean, I had a few teams to where when Carson Wentz went out, I went updated all of my trade baits. And all of a sudden I got offers for quarterbacks that I never would have even thought of in the first place. I accepted them. And then all of a sudden those teams are perfectly fine. Lo and behold, Wentz is going to be back by week one more than likely. And so I didn't need to, but updating your trade bait and then specifying what you want helps out so much, especially if it's not, if you put picks, it's not going to do anything. If you put young players, that's not going to help. Mitch, I really wish that would go viral in the in the dynasty community because I remember the last time, I don't know how many episodes ago it was, I tried to mm-hmm. do that a little bit. And I, I think I had some results from it too. And even now when I try to post, I'll say, hey, looking for a receiver and a draft pick. And then you get some offers that aren't quite what you were thinking or hoping yeah. <laughs> for, but then you get some that do. But I think it does kickstart and help trade talks and leagues, which we all enjoy very much. Not that it was you know, completely earth shattering and it's really going to make a huge difference and it might not at all, but the league that I got Tylen Wallace, a first and a second, I said, my price tag is a first, but in that chat, I just went and I got a little lucky in terms of what I got in return. I just said, James Robinson, the block, but there's other leagues that I'm in with you gentlemen. And I said, and I use that term loosely. I said, James Robinson for a first, that's what I'm looking for. That's my price tag. I'm not negotiating outside of that. So if you want to send it, send it. If not great. Um, and recently I went and cleared all of my trade bait at least. So I no longer have players that might not be on my roster. Does that update automatically now? It updates. Yeah. Okay. It updates. I think there was a stretch where it didn't. So it's like, okay, I have Chris Carson on my roster. I traded him two months ago or, uh, on my trade bait and I traded him two months ago. Anyway, this was a fun episode. Fun episode. We went, I just elbowed the wall again. I'm Italian. You know, all right. We want to have to rearrange for- the whole room next week. Watch. <laughs> well, well, if you notice, I have a little gap there because we're doing the Instagram Devonte Adams jersey giveaway. I'm giving away the jersey that was in this spot to a lucky listener. So that's that, I am rearranging that's a little a, bit. That's your way of rearranging your room. That means you have a vision for some some other jersey to go in there. It means I can get another one. That's exactly it. All right, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. If you appreciate the content, check us out over at Patreon. Five bucks a month. The rest of August is free. Sneak peek, tears, projections, all that good stuff. And then check out our Discord. All the details are in the episode description. We will catch you guys next week.